You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendas. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Just before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdown's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now that we finally got that out of the way, I teased you guys on yesterday's episode if you got to listen to it. Now, today was going to be a special one. We got a special guest here, part of the Los Angeles Rams beat, and she covers the Rams for the athletic, Jordan Rodrigue. She's also a co-host of the 11 Personnel Podcast, which, by the way, is a very, very good name. I'll just say that uh, with Rich Hammond, who's also part of the athletic. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I feel like we talk all the time on Twitter. And so it was so nice to actually talk to you in person and or I guess as close <laughs> as close as we can in person. And um, you do a great job, Sosa. So I'm really happy to be here with you today. Yeah, thank you. And you know, I feel like I've gotten scolded a little bit because this is a long time coming. So that was my fault. My apologies, guys. But I have a feeling this one, this episode is going to be very informative for all of us. So uh, we'll just kind of dive into it and start at the offensive line because I feel like that's one of the positions that had a lot more questions from the fan base in terms of, you know, what's the plan there? Because the Rams obviously didn't really address it going through free agency. They didn't add anybody. They let Austin Blythe walk at center, which was not necessarily a questionable move. But, you know, the fans didn't really know what was going to be the plan there. Nobody added in the draft. So during these OTAs, they've obviously started to kind of have their rotations. And by the way, you had this sourced a few weeks ago or maybe even a month ago at this point that the Rams were going to have some shakeups on their offensive line, which is stuff that we've all kind of questioned. Um, I'll let you share, you know, what you've kind of found on that offensive line. Has it been as expected? And I guess you could just name, you know, those five starters. Yeah, and it's going to be the number one thing to watch, I think, for for Rams fans um, and for myself moving into training camp when they're actually kind of going pads on pads. Because right now, it's all a bunch of walkthrough stuff. It's a very light workouts, no pads, uh, not even shells. So very, very much in the establishing rhythm and rapport sort of mode. And so ever since the Austin Blythe situation sort of devolved the way it did, which was complicated because they were moving in a different direction in terms of what they were going to do um, on their interior. And the way that I kind of describe it, I'm not sure if it's appropriate, but the way that I kind of describe it is they're putting a little more sand in the pants of their outside zone. <laughs> um, so they're trying to get a little bit bulkier, particularly on the interior. And so that's something that Sean McVeigh has been moving toward for, you know, the past couple of years. And we all know, you know, when you have that true outside zone, your interior linemen are going to be a little bit lighter, particularly in their lower half, because they need to move more, obviously, when they're blocking with those concepts. So they kind of want maybe to try a little guys who maybe can anchor down a little bit more, um, particularly at center. The Austin Blythe situation was interesting because they did offer him a deal that was better than the one that Kansas City offered him. But I think at that point, um, 
there was so much that was known internally, not just about sort of these, this shift in, in philosophy that had been coming and the writing had been on the wall for the last couple of years. Um, but also, you know, him going back to play in Kansas City where he had grown up and finding himself maybe a better opportunity to stick at a featured position um, led to him ultimately taking less money. So I, I think they they thought that they were going to be able to keep him all the way up until maybe they weren't. So it was kind of like very, very interesting. So then what they ended up doing was creating two question marks where they maybe only would have priorly had one. And that means that's because they moved Austin Corbett over to center. Now they were being a little bit coy at the start of all of this um, in camp when, you know, media availability started and we're like, Oh yeah, we're rotating guys in and all that's fine. But from what I saw, the only player who was taking actual live snaps um, instead of just lining up for install work and calling checks and things like that, but was actually taking live snaps when it counts, which is when, Matthew Stafford is off to the side throwing the ball or when, you know, they're doing warmups or when they're doing live throws, that player has been Austin Corbett. So obviously that creates the question at his position. He's never played center um, in a Rams jersey. And so that's going to be a huge learning curve for him at one of the most important positions on the field. And I don't care how good your quarterback is. You also need a really good center. I don't want to hear the, I, I always get this argument from people um, on Twitter, but you need a great center who knows what he's seeing and can establish that rhythm, even if you've got a veteran quarterback behind mm -hmm. him. And then obviously creating a second question with Bobby Evans at right guard. And that to me seems like someone, he, he seems like he's going to stick there. Um, and this to, was described to me when, you know, back in sourcing this earlier, um, this was described to me as like, this is the best, the strongest group that they feel they have. Now, that doesn't mean that other guys won't rep in. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, and to, to try different things. But this group in particular was specifically described to me as the strongest starting five that they feel that they have. So um, I found that to be interesting. And obviously, this is going to be the biggest thing to watch moving forward. And that's a fascinating topic that you said like way back um, towards the earlier part of your statement was something that I referenced too throughout the the course of last season was, and I don't know why specifically they did this, but it was just something that I noticed kind of, you know, occurring over the course of the season was when they had Daryl Henderson in the backfield, it was a lot more zone scheme concept and a lot more outside zone. And when they had Cam Akers in the backfield, it was a lot more gap style, power style concepts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now that you've obviously mentioned that, you know, Austin Corbett and these guys that are, have a little more sand in their pants, which by the way, I've said on here too before. Okay, good. Um, I was like, I don't know if I can say that, but I, it's the best way to describe it, honestly. <laughs> so, oh no, that yeah. works. Chris Long yeah. came on here. He was dropping F-bombs. So, you know, we, we can work with what we got. So um, <laughs> it makes sense now that I think they are kind of transitioning a little bit towards that power scheme concept, especially when, you know, they bring in Kevin Carberry from Stanford, which has been one of those power style concepts running games for a long time in Stanford. So uh, I think that makes a lot of sense there. Not only that, but uh, you talked about it a little bit. You know, they're obviously going to try out a few different things at that offensive line. And I think a lot of people probably expected maybe someone like Joseph Nopum to kind of get, you know, the first shot at that starting offensive line position. And I would assume that would, you know, mean he would go to left guard and left guard David Edwards would probably slide over to right guard. But that's obviously not the case. So, you know, with the starting offensive line, you kind of mentioned that. How has the backup offensive line looked? Has there been anything kind of of note when you look at, you know, any of the guys on that, I guess, unit? And not only that, but maybe even the center spot, because I know a lot of people are curious with 
you know, which center might be next in line in the case of, you know, whether they change something or injury, because a lot of people think it's Brian Allen. A lot of people think Coleman Shelton, an undrafted free agent, might be next in line. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so it was really, it's a great question. It was really, really interesting to me because when I was watching and the way that they sort of split up these drills is the ones you really want to watch is when each quarterback respectively is taking snap drills um, with whatever that sort of starting their their offensive line group is. So like John Walford has his own group. Um, Bryce Perkins has his own group. Um, obviously, Matthew Stafford has his own group. And they're split into three sections on the field. And that's when the day really starts is when they're taking snaps, not just from that center, but then the linemen are working through some of their warmups and blocking techniques um, against air. And that's kind of how they always start the day. So that's when I really want to watch who is aligned where, because those are the groups that they're getting the most extra work with, if that makes sense. Like they could rotate anybody in um, mm-hmm. out of sheer necessity during OTAs. And that's what you see a lot of times at skill positions, um, especially in some of these highlights that people that are that the Rams social team has been putting out. Sometimes guys are there because of necessity, um, because other guys are not just not there because these are voluntary. But um, in the case of the offensive line, they have full attendance and as they should, because this is going to be the most important thing moving forward. And so what I that's when I really look at how these guys are aligned is that particular and specific portion of, of the day. So um, what I thought was interesting was Joe Noteboom was playing left tackle. And we all knew that that was sort of it's it's his inheritance to lose at this point. I think is mm-hmm. the way that I would put it, um, especially with Andrew Whitworth moving so well and, and playing so well. But again, going to be forty, and you'd like you think he can maybe play till he's seventy, but you know because he's insane. He's like up from another planet. But at the same time, you have to have a plan ready. So Jonah Boom definitely was taking those left tackle reserve snaps, and I think that was interesting because you heard a lot of chatter. And I think I would probably go so far as to say noise about prior about like his position flex. But in the case of needing to find a long-term future at left tackle, I thought that he was done a bit of a disservice by having to move all over the place earlier in his career. And that's one of those things where now they see the necessity and urgency of making sure that you have a backup in place because Andrew Whitworth did have the injury last year. And Joe Noteboom, did I thought a, a re- very reasonable job in in place of Andrew Whitworth, but you also saw that was a lot to ask of him when you as a staff had just moved him all over um, the offensive line prior trying to establish position flex with him. So there are, are guys that you want to do that with, obviously, um, as depth pieces. But when you're trying to establish um, someone who might inherit that spot, you definitely keep them at one spot and rep them as much as you can. Um, and so that was interesting to me. You know, Coleman Shelton was taking two snaps with John Walford in that particular portion of drills. And Brian Allen was getting a little bit of work uh, there, but also was repping with Bryce Perkins in the threes. So to me, that was really interesting because then Brian Allen, when there were shell drills happening um, and they weren't actually moving through the progression of the play, it was basically um, alignments and checks and calls. Brian Allen was in with the ones, but was never snapping the ball live. So that was an important differentiation to make to me because it seems to me like they really are liking what they see so far from Coleman Shelton. He certainly has the frame um, to be a really solid center, especially with what they want to do moving forward. And I would maybe categorize Brian Allen in 
maybe a little bit more that like true outside zone center mm-hmm. body types. Um, of course, me not being an offensive line coach, but that's just <laughs> what I would what I would probably say there. Um, and Tremaine Ankrum, I think, is going to be someone for everybody to keep an eye on because he got so much valuable work in in that position flex spot last year because Andrew Whitworth took the very deserved veteran rest days. So Tremaine was able to move and not only take some left tackle reps, but also was repping at um, left guard, right guard, right tackle. Um, And when I saw him um, in, in these drills, he was actually repping at right tackle, which I thought was very, very interesting. Um, And he looks like he really has started to develop well in terms of his frame um, sort of weight distribution, muscle mass distribution. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a, a player for people to watch moving forward. Yeah, that's a name that a lot of people were very questioning uh, in terms of you know where he was going to line up because I think even coming out of Clemson, a lot of people didn't really know where his best spot was going to be. And I do agree with the Joe Noteboom stuff that, I mean, he was just significantly better at tackle than he was at guard. And right. that's just going to be the case. I think for some people, um, you notice it in, maybe not necessarily his lack of physicality, but he's just more of a smooth mover than he is, you know, like a a physical or overly physical style of player. So I think that makes a lot of sense. But in the next segment, we're going to dive into the other side of the ball. And Jordan's going to share some of her findings in terms of the secondary, because I do know that is one of the more intriguing parts of this team. While we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MVP at Jordan Rodrigue, and at Locked on Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. There is no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this strange COVID stuff that's going on in our world. So I urge you guys, if you can, to please support these family-owned businesses. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're looking for the best prices, you absolutely need to check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. It's a never-ending list, and if your car needs it, I bet that they have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NBA and NHL playoffs are officially live. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment of this two-part interview with Jordan Rodriguez. I did mention before the break that we are going to flip to the other side of the ball here and talk about the defense. And in my opinion, I know the offensive line is important and, you know, a lot of people are questioning what's going to happen there. And it's obviously interesting to see. But in my opinion, the defense is by far the more entertaining side of the ball. I'm oh, yeah. dying to know. I'm what's so biased, Sosa. Like, I'm, yeah. I'll admit it. Like, I am so defensively biased. How could you not be with some of these yeah. guys on this side of the ball? Like, it's it's so much fun. They are so much fun to watch. I totally interrupted you, but I'm just really, no, really you're excited. Good. But <laughs> you're, you're good. I mean, you look back to last year, like, that was my that was my heaven, watching the defense continuously just ball like that. It was like, 
that's what football should be. But I know a lot of people don't agree. They want to see those 55-51 games, the one that the Rams <laughs> played in 2018 against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I can't remember the score now. Every time I forget, I think it was like 54-51 or something. It was just an absurd game. But yeah, we got to talk about this defense. I think, you know, in terms of the nickel spot, for me, that's practically a starter at this point, how the NFL has evolved because this person, uh, you know, this position, the nickel spot, the inside corner, you're playing nickel or dime or, you know, multiple DBs, more than four, 60, maybe 70% of the time these days, mm-hmm. that guy's going to be more important probably than your linebacker two or linebacker three, depending on what kind of system you run. Obviously in the Rams case, it's going to be your linebacker two because they run a three, four. So is there any indication for you know, who may be the current favorite in terms of that nickel spot. There's obviously two guys I think most people are looking at, but is there any indication in terms of, you know, who's getting more first team reps or is it just kind of a rotation thing right now? Yeah. So in OTAs, it's really, you can't really make sort of those judgments because like I said before, um, some players are trickling in and out and especially the veteran players. So Mm -hmm. when you, when you watch highlights, you're going to see a lot of like Dante Dion and a lot of David Long. You're going to see a a ton of Robert Rochelle even repping with the ones. Um, that's because they are available (laughs) and they, they, um, you know, Darius Williams has been in and out. Um, Jalen Ramsey is on his, his workout plan for the spring. So these are voluntary. So a lot of these veteran guys will come in and out. You've seen, you know, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald come in and out. Um, and, and so that's something where in terms of a starter, um, now, in terms of actual intel um, in, and not maybe some of the on-field stuff that they're doing, intel for me says that they're going to continue to establish Jalen Ramsey in that star position. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important because he will have sort of matchup autonomy in that when they feel that it's more beneficial for him to be covering maybe a bigger tight end like a George Kittle or maybe, um, you know, like I remember, I think we all remember the Golden Tate game last year um, mm-hmm. with a pretty epic tackle. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I think that's going to be something really, really important. I always kind of describe their defense as like two existing solar systems. And Aaron Donald is the sun within one. And Jalen Ramsey is the sun within the other. And the two solar, everything else orbits around them. And they can move and they can sort of uh, be versatile within the system and all other things intersect and sort of crosshatch and Venn diagram around them, right? And mm-hmm. so I know that's like a very hippy dippy way of describing what they're doing, but um, I'm very in California, LA. so I can do that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting because it's all about what happens when Jalen is not in the star, when he's outside um, doing his thing on the perimeter. So to me, that's when you talk about moving guys like Terrell Burgess into the slot, um, into even even a little bit of a bigger nickel. Um, but you also talk about a guy like David Long being able to be coverage versatile and position versatile in that way. You know, Robert Rochelle did not play a lot of nickel in college. I think it was something like one percent of his snaps or something yeah. were on the inside, but the Rams do believe that he is very coverage versatile and position versatile. Ultimately, in terms of like a Troy Hill type of role, um, they are really, really hoping that he can move in and out for them at some point. Probably won't be this year, but at some point um, to be able to do that, because the more versatility you have in that regard, the more you can then unlock Jalen Ramsey. So I do think that we have to, in in the short term, keep an eye on David Long. Um, yeah, I do like Dante Dion. I think that um, if there's a year where he 
maybe would stick. It would probably be this year. Depth at corner is not great still. And they also really love his energy and what he can bring to special teams. Um, in terms of edging into that time, I think you're going to see a very fluid and fast-moving rotation with Jalen Ramsey moving in and out of that spot. And they're a nickel like 70% of the time. So it is you're still featuring him as a total all-the-time on-field guy, even if you have him in that for, for a game or two or three. Um, and then Terrell Burgess, I do think they like moving in and out of that role. And, um, you know, David Long is going to have to show too that not only can he play on the outside in a substantial role, but also be able to move into that slot position as needed. Yeah. And even going back to last year, very, very small sample size, but you know, we got to see a little bit of David Long on the boundary as well. Mm -hmm. And actually that's something that just reminded me because I forgot last year, I don't recall why, and they never really made it public, but I remember Darius Williams was sidelined like throughout the course of a lot of games for quite a long stretch of time. And I don't recall why, but I remember that he was wearing a wrist brace. So I was assuming maybe it was just some sort of an injury where they kind of wanted to, you know, dial back his snaps a little bit. And, you know, when they had him on the sidelines and there were three corners out there, I do recall that David Long was out there, that Miami game in specific where he did allow a touchdown, unfortunately. But that is something very interesting to me because um, when you think about Jalen Ramsey going into the nickel, probably David Long would project better on the outside, in my opinion, than Dion. But it is very interesting to see. And I am glad that you talked about Terrell Burgess as well, because I think he's one of the more intriguing pieces for the Rams, especially on the defensive side of the ball going into the season. And we are going to dive into what that entails for the Los Angeles Rams and their defense going into the final segment. Jordan is going to share some intriguing ideas on the safety position for the Los Angeles Rams. And while we've got you, make sure to come back to us here at the Locked On Rams podcast all of next week when we continue our off-season coverage for the Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the best protein bar on the market and finally found one called the Built Bar. I'm telling you guys, this bar is unlike any other protein bar out there. They're absolutely delicious and they have by far the best texture I've ever tried from any protein bar. They have over nine different flavors. You can never really get bored to be quite honest with you. They're also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Trey Young takes a bow at Madison Square Garden, and the Knicks are eliminated. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this part one of two episodes with Jordan Rodriguez. We're going to dive into right where we left off with the interview, talking about Terrell Burgess and the safety position for the Los Angeles Rams. You know, you look at John Johnson, one of the more impactful players on that defense, taking off, obviously going to the Cleveland Browns. And not just that, but obviously a vocal leader as well and a high energy guy. But um, do you have any idea what they kind of want to do at that safety spot? I know they're going to probably get decent run for all three guys but is there any indication as to you know who they may want to start or you mentioned it a little bit in terms of Terrell Burgess also kicking into the nickel maybe what their roles are just in general yeah and it's going to be another one that's so often rotating that I think on the one hand that's a complicated thing to pick up as a player but on the other hand 
it just gives teams hell, like if you're mm-hmm. able to rotate like that. So I, I do think you're going to see Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller. If you're looking at like the prototypical, like quote unquote, running mates at safety, those two are really, really a strong pairing. Um, I think when you rotate Terrell Burgess at times into the nickel, and again, this this is based on matchup and on coverage and things like that. But if you if you rotate him in, then you can see a lot more Taylor Rapp on the field as well. And mm-hmm. it's all about who can negotiate traffic the best. And there's no indication yet which player Raheem Morris wants to be mic'd up and have that green dot this year with John Johnson doing such an effective job last year. Um, there's no telling whether Raheem likes that player to be a middle linebacker um, or to be what Brandon Staley loved, which was say, have one of his safeties do it and just stay on the field the whole time. But Terrell Burgess is somebody who they thought could ultimately assume that role if called upon to do so. Really, really smart player, I think. We've only seen just a very small sliver of what he is capable of. Um, and it sounds like he has rehabbed and, and recovered really well from that injury. So I'm, I think people really need to be keeping an eye on him as well. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of that heavy safety usage to help scheme around some of that, you know, maybe some of the, um, you know, I wouldn't call them woes, but some of the things that their middle linebackers just can't do. Right. Mm-hmm. So they did that a lot, bringing down extra safety help and playing with that. It's called a penny package in Staley's language, but I would assume it's called something different now, now that the, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, when they bring in some of those ex- that extra safety help and play three safeties on the field, you're going to see a lot of Taylor Rapp in that regard. Um, and, and especially if they do decide to move Terrell Burgess into some like that bigger nickel role. And, um, I think that you're going to see a lot of Nick Scott actually on defense because he is, I think come a long way in terms of his development. And that might be an interesting phase because you might need to find his replacement on special teams if he's playing a little bit more of those defensive snaps. And the coaches are really excited with how he developed um, from the last year. Yeah, I think the safety spot is just so fascinating to think about. And, you know, it's something that the Rams have kind of utilized a lot, even dating back to Wade Phillips and prior to Wade Phillips when you know, they traded for Mark Barron many years ago and immediately changed him from a, a strong safety right into the linebacker position. And it's kind of been everlasting since then. And that is going to do it for part one of this two-part episode with Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, I really appreciate your time. You guys, listeners, make sure to check back next week on Monday for the second half of this interview with Jordan. She's going to share some interesting details about the quarterback position between Matthew Stafford and the dynamic with his new head coach and Sean McVay and talk about our final few questions, including which player on the Rams roster she thinks may be the breakout player for 2021-2022, as well as my breakout player. Just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Jordan Rodrigue, and at Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.